1: Learn more at marines.com. It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Drops the throw, steps up,
0: floats a bomb up the right seam, looking for Anderson. He's got it. They're not going to catch him. He's going to go the distance. Touchdown. Sam Darnold dials it up to Robbie Anderson. 92 yards. Anderson's deflected and picked up He'll take it in. It's a pick six and a touchdown. Bell. Into the middle of that line, and it's a touchdown! Big return for Crowder! 85 yards! Passed road! There was contact with the quarterback, and it's incomplete. They got pressure on Prescott. It was Adams who came blitzing in. He'll hit immediately when he got the handoff. You know (laughs) that's The (laughs) the q Oh my gosh! Listen, thank you.
1: From the TOJ Digital Studios This is Play Like a Jet My name is Scott Mason You can follow me on Twitter At PlayLikeAJet1 And it's part two of the weekend mailbag So that means we bring in the owner, the operator, the lead reporter The whole shebang over at JetsInsider.com And of course above all that A very big deal, Mr. Chris Nimbly. So let's jump right back into the mailbag. Next question comes in from Michael Palace. He says, should the Jets try to lock up Jamal Adams before the playoffs are over? Also, let's say Gase and Douglas don't get along and Douglas brings a it's me or Gase ultimatum to Christopher Johnson after the draft. Who would Johnson choose? He also throws him because I made a comment about chain pizza, that Pizza Hut is the best of the bunch. And Joe Helpman jumps in and says that all pizza chains are better than Chicago deep dish. So let's talk about all of this because there's a bunch to break down. First of all, should the Jets try to lock up Jamal Adams before the playoffs are over? Yeah, I would. I would work on it throughout the offseason, too. But if they can get a deal done, then I think it would be a good idea. If nothing else, negotiate with him. And if his demands are off the charts, say he wants $20 million a year or something crazy like that, then you can even reevaluate and say, okay, now maybe we should shop him instead. But I would try and get a deal done. The question about the Gase and Douglas theoretical, I don't think that that's actually going to happen, but if it did, Douglas has some real clout because he's got that six-year deal, so that might actually sway Christopher Johnson if he says it's either me or him, but I see very little chance of that ever happening, and then the part about Pizza Hut, listen... I've talked about this before. I love the stuffed crust idea. The actual pizza of Pizza Hut is not good. And Chris, you've talked about Domino's. I agree that if you're looking for like a cheesy bread, it's okay. But if you want actual pizza, you don't want any of those chain pizzas. And as far as deep dish goes... It's not actual pizza. It's a pie casserole. It's a pie with sauce and cheese in it. So let's talk about that. It's separate. It's not actual pizza. It's a totally different entity. However, I do enjoy it for what it is, and I will take Lou Malnati's or Giordano's over any of that terrible chain pizza any day of the week.
0: So I probably wouldn't uh, uh, sign him to an extension before the playoffs are over. I'd probably sit there and, and I mean, I guess it depends on how close uh, Joe Douglas was to uh, being able to pull off a trade for him during the season. Uh, but I'd probably be willing to listen to some offers there just to see if you could get something crazy for him. But if, if you're not going to get something crazy for him, and I don't think anybody's going to be willing to offer um, up enough for Joe Douglas to be willing to trade him. um so, yeah, if you're not going to trade him, then you go ahead and you try to re-sign him now. The, the, the price, I keep – I say this all the time. The price is only going to continue to rise. It's only going to continue to go up. He's going to play better. Uh, the, you saw uh, Eddie Jackson got assigned to a new contract. So, he's – that he's, Adams is going to have to get more than that. The longer you wait, somebody else could get a new contract. that bumps the price up even more. Um uh, we we saw this we, with Robbie Anderson if if they could have signed him probably earlier in the season or before the season started at, at a cheaper rate then they'll probably be able to sign him to now um, and uh, you can feel however you want about Robbie but the, the price of Robbie has definitely gone up by waiting that year and it's only going to go up with Jamal um, so I would try to get that done as soon as possible and um, but, again, I, I probably wouldn't rule out trying to just at least see what type of offers you can get out there. But, yeah, go, go ahead and sign him because, like I said, the price is just going to keep going up. With Jason Douglas, uh, you, you hit it. If it came down to that, I mean, the contract is going to win out there in that situation. Um, and then also if, if Douglas comes to the Johnsons and says, yeah, I, it's one of us, He's not going to fire Douglas and then keep Gace to hope that Gase can find a new GM to work with because, you know, Joe Douglas was kind of Adam Gase's handpicked guy. So if Adam Gase and Joe Douglas couldn't work out, I don't think he's going to be, what they're going to be willing to say, Hey, let's give Gase another shot at picking a GM. Um, so Joe Douglas would probably win out with that, but as you said, I, I cannot imagine that happening. I could see him saying, you know, after next season, if the next season doesn't go well, being like, hey, we should probably move on. But it's, I don't see him giving a, any type of ultimatum like that. With the pizza, I agree with your take about Chicago deep dish. Uh, it, I, I, it's I it been a while since I've had it, but I like it. It's it's cool. It's an interesting, new, different type of food that I wouldn't normally eat. Um If I lived in Chicago, though, it's not like I'm going and getting deep dish pizza multiple times a week or even once a week. It'd be like a once every three months type of thing. I might want to go do that. Um, It's definitely not pizza. Um, And, yeah, when it comes to the chains, I I like Domino's. I don't, as I said, I don't like it when compared to regular uh, Northeast pizza. If you ask me to pick one, I'm going with the pizza parlors. Every time, but I do kind of like Domino's for what it's worth. And if I'm in Nebraska for some reason, and I feel like eating pizza or something close to pizza, I'm probably going to go with Domino's. Uh, I guess I always say it's more of a cheesy bread than pizza, but I do like it. It's, it's something different. And I eat a lot of regular pizza, parlor pizza, not actually not as much anymore. I'm trying trying to cut back on it a little bit because I used to eat way too much of it. But every once in a while, it's nice to mix it up and get something different. But if I want pizza, I'm going to a pizza parlor. Um, but yeah, if if I'm choosing between Domino's and Pizza Hut, I'm taking Domino's every time. And I'm not even going to men- uh, mention, uh, you know, the, that one that Peyton Manning uh, would show for because that is just cardboard.
1: Or Little Caesars, for that matter.
0: Yeah, that's what <laughs> that um, I had that once when I went up to Cortland for Jets training camp. I was like, oh, what's around? And I'm like, I'm in Cortland. Like, you know, it's not like I'm getting good pizza. I need something really quick. I was like, oh, there's a little Caesars. I'll try that. Nope. Never doing that again.
1: (laughs) Next question comes in from Steve Schiffenhouse. He says, going to be real with you guys. Most apathetic I've been in over a decade. I got nothing for you this week in the mailbag. Fair enough. I get it. A lot of people are apathetic and there's good reason for it. They feel like they're helpless because Gase is here and they don't see a lot of upside. The only thing I can tell you is let's just keep our fingers crossed and hope that Joe Douglas can build a really strong roster because if he can, then maybe it'll cure your apathy.
0: Yeah, I mean, there wasn't really a question in there, but uh, we'll forgive it because it's completely understandable. Um, (laughs) But I'm I'm sure by the time, you know, free agency comes – uh, and then the draft comes, and then training camp starting up. I'm I'm sure you'll talk yourself back into some excitement and hope. Um, it's probably not going to be quite the same level it was this off season. Going into this training camp, probably be a little more guarded, but I I think you'll still be sitting there saying, "Okay, maybe we can uh, have trend upwards a little bit and have something to root for."
1: Next question comes in from Fuego Jets Takes. He says, what is one low-cost free agency acquisition that you would like to see happen? It's funny you should ask because there's a great article up right now, Chris's website, JetsInsider.com, written by the great Michael Nania, talking about Blocking tight end options for the Jets in free agency, and he talks about Levine Toilolo from San Francisco. He's 28 years old, and he's a really strong blocker. He's not going to bring a ton to the passing game, but you theoretically wouldn't need that with Griffin and Herndon. I think that he's somebody you could get on a relatively cheap deal, and I would like the addition because I think it's something that they definitely need.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, when when Nadia uh, uh, posted this article, there were some people commenting about how I don't need that, need offensive line. Um, a blocking tight end is an extension of the offensive line. It will help the offensive line. This offensive line needs to be completely reworked, and it's hard to find good offensive linemen, and they're not cheap when you do. Um, they're not going to be able to replace them all. Uh, but a blocking tight end, they're, they're not that tough to find, and they're not expensive. They are cheap, so that can be an easy and cheap way to help your offensive line. you got to assume that Joe Douglas is going to try to get at least three new, you know, a two to three. He's probably shooting for three new offensive linemen that could come in and start next year. But if he gets two or, or he gets three, getting a, a really good a blocking tight end will go a long way to helping this offense and the offensive line. So uh, go ahead and do it. It's not going to cost you a lot of money for a blocking tight end. Uh, I know they drafted Wesco, um, but it's not something that you can really bank on. And again, with Herndon, there's a lot of potential there, and he's a better blocker than Griffin or Brown were, but what he's given so far, you got to have a backup plan there as well. So go ahead Go get a blocking tight end. And, yeah, someone like Tori would be an excellent addition to this team and really help the offensive line, which, of course, will help Sam Darnold.
1: Next question comes in from Drew Nestico. He says, to make us feel a little bit better this offseason, can Joe Blewett please find some physical proof that Gase can build game plans specific to an opponent and or make adjustments in game given what an opponent is doing? Please. I actually just spoke to Joe and he's going to be on the podcast sometime within the next couple of weeks. I'm looking forward to talking to him because he's really been sort of incognito the last few months. He's got a lot of other stuff going on in his life. And to be honest, he's a very busy guy who just got burned out on doing all that film. It was taking up so much of his time. And it just got to the point where he couldn't handle it anymore because the team was so unpleasant to watch that he just didn't want to spend hours every single day breaking down the film. But he has been getting back into it and checking it out, so he's going to be on the podcast. Unfortunately, Drew, and I'll ask him about this, I don't know that he's going to be able to do that for you because I don't think proof of that exists.
0: Yeah, I I don't know what Joe's thinking there. Uh, what, what? But, yeah, I, I don't know either. Uh, uh, it's again with all the the complaints of, are about Gase or all the defenses with Gase My biggest complaint is what how he used Darnold, and you can I can do the same complaint about how he used Le'Veon Bell, how he w- wouldn't use him more as a receiver, but especially with as bad as the offensive line, because people are, are sitting here talking about you know using the offensive line as an excuse. But that should have been all the more reason why uh, Darnold was rolling out more and was on the move more and not firmly entrenched in the pocket as much as he was. But Gase didn't do that. Like, if next year he limited a little bit of uh, Darnold rolling out and if they build up the offensive line, I'd be more inclined to to say okay with that. But this year he didn't do that, Um, and that's alarming to me. That's those are the types of things that I look at, and I'm like, yeah, no, I don't want to, I don't want to keep doing this. So I just don't think that he's uh, coached to Darnold's strengths. I don't think he coached to Le'Veon Bell's strengths. Um, I think he could he could get a lot more out of his players, and I think the same was the case in Miami. I think he's too stubbornly fixed on trying to build guys into his system and not adapt his system around the talent that he has. And that's alarming to me.
1: Fuego Jets takes has another question. He says, what's the most important least talked about current Jets player that the team must re-sign before free agency? So I think everybody knows the three big ones are Brian Poole, Jordan Jenkins, Robbie Anderson. I'd like to see them all return. I don't really think that those would be surprising people to talk about because everybody's been focusing conversations on them. I don't really think there's anybody important beyond that, but I will kind of twist this a little bit. One move that I do think they should work on ASAP is restructuring the contract of Avery Williamson because a lot of people have talked about cutting him. I think that would be a really bad idea. I don't know why Burgess and Hewitt are getting all this love. They've proven to be decent depth pieces, but they were not good starters. And just because they made tackles that you can see on game day doesn't mean that there weren't a ton of deficiencies in their game. Neither one of them is anywhere near as good as Avery Williamson. And Cashman struggled a lot, too, when he was healthy. So I would love to see Avery Williamson come back. But I think that cap hit is a little bit on the high side. So if they could restructure with him, I think that should be one of the first things they try to do in the offseason.
0: Yeah, I agree with that take, and uh, you know, C.J. Mosley coming off his injury, I'm obviously I'm sure he'll be fine, but it, it'd be nice to to not uh, have to just rely on Mosley coming off the injury and Blake Cashman. I I would definitely think that they would want to bring Avery Williamson back at this point. That makes a lot of sense. And I kind of, I agree with you that there's really just those three uh, free agents that they really need to worry about. I'll say pool because everybody seems to, there seems to be more attention on Robbie and Jordan Jenkins. Uh, I think pool is uh, probably even a little more important than Jordan Jenkins, but all three of those guys, I think the Jets should definitely bring back. And then, yeah, I don't know. Maybe, maybe you would try to bring back someone like Arthur Millett, not to be, you know, a starter, but he's, he had some inconsistencies and up and downs, but as a depth piece there, maybe that, that would make a lot of sense. Um, but that's about it. There's, <clears throat> they don't have a ton of players here. Uh, you know, that you want, you need to bring back Could make a case for Kelvin Beacham but at his age and what he's likely to get, uh, you know, at, it, you definitely would like to get bring him back, but I don't know what that contract's going to look like at his age. It's not like, uh he's not so old that he's gonna get a cheap deal um it's still gonna probably cost a pretty penny and then we saw his tweet uh during the playoffs games (laughs) about uh uh, like it's that tweet sounded like somebody who was ready to go somewhere else so uh I don't know how realistic that is we'll have to wait and see but yeah and it'll depend on the price tag there obviously
1: The tweet said something along the lines of running the ball on third and short. Imagine that—an obvious dig at Adam Gase—and that was during the Titans Patriots game. I will say that Beecham coming back would be all right, but it's not anything that I would be super excited about. He's okay, but if they sign him, cool. If they don't. Whatever, I would be much happier if they worked on a deal to keep Avery Williamson around Next question comes in from Johnny Mac He says, wait a second, the cast of Justified is reuniting Yeah, I guess it's a little bit misleading what I said Because technically what I said is true, but people started jumping to conclusions They're not doing a Justified movie or a reboot or anything like that They're reuniting for a panel at South by Southwest later this year And Chris and I have jokingly talked about flying down there and covering it and doing a special bonus podcast on it. I don't think we're actually going to do that, but that would be something that I think we would both really have a lot of fun doing, right?
0: Yo, absolutely. Anything with Justified is going to get my attention and I'm interested in. And uh, I, I sent you a text last night about this. If anybody that watches the show, the good place, if you saw last night's episodes, it was littered with justified jokes. And the last one was phenomenal and amazing. And if you're a justified fan, I would actually legitimately seriously recommend watching all three and a half seasons of this show just to get the full context of all these justified jokes. It's a great and hilarious show as is. It's really smart and really dumb and silly at the same time, which is exactly how I like my comedy. <laughs> but uh, but the, they've sprinkled in a couple of Justified jokes here and there over the last couple of seasons. But last night, man, they were hammering the Justified jokes, and it was just absolutely glorious, and I was dying laughing at it. But yeah, anything Justified, bring it to me. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg.
1: Play like a jet. Play like a jet. Next question comes in from Steve Ballou. He says, is there any chance at all that Adam Gase brings in a real offensive coordinator and not someone who just throws the challenge flag? I know he's a de facto offensive coordinator, but do you think he'd accept any genuine help or is it his way or no way? Honestly, I don't think anything is going to happen there. Even if he brings in somebody who's a quote-unquote respected offensive voice, it's going to be Gase calling all the shots. It's his offense. That's why he was hired. So whoever is the offensive coordinator is going to be subservient to him. So I wouldn't be counting on anything happening. Even if they brought in somebody, it would just be more symbolic than anything else.
0: Yeah, there's a 0.0000 infinity chance of that happening. Um, Adam Adam Gase is here He's coach uh, He was hired to you know Coach uh, Offenses to where it's going Or whatever um, <laughs> And he's, he's also Not going to agree to that um, And there's not Going to be pressure on him to do that Especially because they won six of the last Eight games uh-huh. even though the offense Was terrible and they were playing terrible teams Including a team that rested Their starters um, and they also lost to the winless Bengals during those that eight-game stretch as well. So it, it should happen, it, 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 but it won't happen. And even if it did happen, it would be Freddie Kitchens and Todd Monken, uh, a repeat of that. So uh, I, get, I get the hope and the desire and pray, and I wish I had something better to tell you there, but I don't. It, it's going to be Adam Gates, uh, and it's going to be – Adam Gase and Dow Loggins running everything.
1: Six points against the Bengals and 13 against the second and third string Bills. Very impressive stuff from Adam Gase. Next question comes in from Mike John. He says, when Gase finishes 6-10 and 10 next year with another top-10 DVOA defense year by Greg Williams and Sam Darnold finishes with an improved 24 touchdowns, 9 interceptions, and 3,800 yards, are you ready for Adam Gase to say his system is fine? He just needs a new quarterback. It 100% will happen. Just hope Woody stomps Gase like the bug that he is. I definitely believe that you're already seeing the groundwork laid out for Darnold to be the one that they turn into the reason that the Jets are not progressing. Now, if Sam Darnold takes that next leap, that wipes it away. If he doesn't, of course, then it's going to be a situation where is Adam Gase going to be able to pull the wool over the eyes of the people above him in the chain of command? That remains to be seen and we will cross that bridge when we come to it. But I definitely could see that possibility that if next year the Jets don't do well and Donald only makes another incremental improvement, that Gase will make that argument. And I hope that it wouldn't work if that's what happens, but the way the NFL is and the way the Johnsons are, who knows?
0: Stay ready, don't have to get ready. Uh, and I've stayed ready. Uh, I've, I've been ready for this <laughs> since before Gase got hired. Um, with Adam Gase... Uh, Yes, of course, I, I'm ready for that to happen. Um, like you said, if, if Darnold comes out and plays much better, then he won't have the chance for that to happen. But if if Darnold doesn't take a, a, that jump or if he ends up being inconsistent like he was this year, uh, then, yep, I, I stay ready for that because this is Adam Gase and this is what Adam Gase does.
1: That's going to wrap things up for part two of the weekend mailbag. If you missed part one, go ahead and check it out now. We had some really fun topics in there, including the Jimmy G versus Tom Brady dilemma and a fun theoretical about the NFL draft involving the Jets potentially trying to trade up above the Cleveland Browns for an offensive lineman. A lot of other great shows that you may have missed throughout the week, so check those out too. We did our first two roundtables of the offseason. As you know, it's a yearly tradition, and we had Andy Vasquez from the Bergen Record and NorthJersey.com on to talk about what the Jets did in 2019 and what they should do in 2020. Also had the Stewart brothers, Jamie Stewart, the Emmy Award-winning sports reporter for News 12 Long Island, and his brother Chase, who is the founder of Football Perspective. We're going to have more roundtables coming up this week, including tomorrow, When Connor Rogers joins the show. So that's going to be a lot of fun. And we'll have a couple more of those as we get ready for free agency. There'll be a few of them every week. And you never know who's going to be joining the roundtables. A wide variety of guests from all over the spectrum are going to be joining the show over the next couple of weeks. So stay tuned as we continue those tomorrow with Connor Rogers. Also, if you missed the latest Chronicles of Nania, we're going to do a new one coming up on Tuesday. So if you missed last week's talking about the offensive line and how it may have affected Sam Darnold, really broke it down in great detail. Check that out. Michael Nannia is always great with that stuff. We did midweek with Manish, which was awesome. It included a spirited debate between myself and Manish about the progress of Sam Darnold And Josh Allen comparing the two This week we're going to start a brand new series it's going to be a lot of fun Because it's the offseason Manish is going to start telling some stories from his years on the beat And we've got a really special series planned I don't want to let the cat out of the bag yet But you will find out sometime over the next day or two And trust me, you are going to love it And as always, Jamal Westerman, former New York Jet And the man who sacked Tom Brady not once, but twice In a single game back in 2011 Will join the show did a great episode this past week where he talked about the art of pass rushing, broke down the Jets' current edge rushers, talked about the guys in free agency that he thinks it would make sense for them to target, and to me, the best part was his hilarious impression of the great Chuck Smith. So if you missed any of those shows, go ahead and listen to them, and make sure that you're listening to all the shows coming up this week because there's going to be a fantastic lineup, starting with Conor Rogers tomorrow. Also should mention that if you haven't had a chance to give us a five-star review over on iTunes, it would be awesome if you could go ahead and do that for us. It's a great way to help out the show, and it doesn't cost you anything, doesn't take much time, but it's a huge help. So if you could do it for us, we'd be very grateful. Make sure you're reading Chris's very big deal work over at JetsInsider.com and following him on Twitter at JetsInsider and at CNimbly. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts, you know where to go. That's turn on the jets digital and TurnOnTheJets.com.